This Cross Politic episode is brought to you by Grand American Piano. Check them out at grandamericanpiano.com. They are one of the biggest supporters of Cross Politic and they keep the lights on for us. Grandamericanpiano.com. Cross Politic begins in three, two, one. Stop a heart that breaks for a dying city. Stop cursing your future. <laughs> is not true. For all intents and purposes, I am a woman. No government, no political system has ultimate supremacy. Jesus is king of kings, and it's about time our nation returned in humble submission to his lordship. You are not protecting women. You are authorizing the destruction of 500,000 little women every year. I didn't start, but sir, sir, with all due respect, that's the argument of a five-year-old. I didn't start. Right When the Spirit comes upon people, they go to war, they go to battle, and the enemies of God are driven back, and they're slaughtered. You are listening to Cross Politic with Gabe Wrench, the Waterboy, Pastor Toby Sumter, and the Chocolate Knots. Hey y'all, welcome to Cross Politic. It's good to be with you. Make sure you just start sharing the show now, because we got Dave Bonson coming up. Man, Crisis brother, of responsibility. Brother Bonson, you know my dad tutored under his dad? Oh yeah, back in California. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Greg Bonson. Yeah, Greg. The yeah. theonomist. The Greg Bonson. Bonson. Apologetics. Yes. So debate long, Bonson. Long time ago, man. So we got his boy. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so we you got go, you going to take that off your body. We got Dave. Oh, there Sorry. we go. There we go. There we go. So we got we got Whoa. Dave coming on. So make sure you like and share the show now. We're oh, going to talk about crisis of responsibility. We got um, oh oh, and if you want to contact us, contact us at contactcrosspolitik.com. Um, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all the goodness. YouTube, all, YouTube. Our YouTube channel is is getting more and more blown up. You blown up all the time. Blown up. It felt people, my friends, cross politic listeners, the world. Um, our podcast has basically doubled. Since May, our look downloads, at, at, our look, downloads. Who, thank May. you. Who been sowing a seed over there? Thank Man. you. Somebody thank been you guys. A seed. Thank you so much. It's it's crazy. And right. and you can always join. You can become a member of Cross Politic. Mm-hmm. You can ask Cross Politic mm-hmm. into your heart. What? Mm-hmm. No, you can't. No, oh, you can't. Oh, oh, you can. No, no, I'm sorry. Um, but you can join. <laughs> and um, sorry. And support us and help us <laughs> and help us grow. We're desperate. Me and Dave and Toby have so many hearts, desires, and everything. So please join our club, man. Uh, we got we got digital content dropping um, no. monthly. <laughs> uh, we got some digital content. Uh, our worldview series should be hopefully wrapped up this month. Shotgun. How's that coming? It's come pretty good. Like, we, I always forget to ask you guys until like yeah. we're, we're recording. Like, right. oh, well, we have, how's it going? We have our first disc <laughs> done. We have our first disc done. Okay. Yeah. And then we're also working on a project with uh, Faithwire, and we're going to wow. integrate one of the episodes in for our listeners, Listen, uh, for our club members. Be looking out for that. Yeah. I, I was just saying it's probably one of the best projects. I've worked on a lot of projects when it comes to the issue of pornography in, yep. in the Christian church, yeah. yep. and this is probably one of the best projects I've ever worked on. Wow. Yeah. So. I'm, uh, like, I, I didn't know you, first of all, I didn't know you'd worked on so many projects on this, yeah. but I but I, I didn't, that's, it's that's a, crazy. It's a serious issue. Yeah. It's a oh, serious yeah. issue. It's, in, it's, it's crazy, and it's and uh, I'm really grateful that we could be part of that. Yeah. And lastly, before we get into news, I would just like to thank Texas, because <laughs> no. our- No! No! You can't do, we did not talk about this. We yeah. can't just thank so, states. Well, because the reason, Idaho. the reason why we want to thank Texas is because all our Amazon wish list 
uh, items that have been sent to the studio have come from our Texas listeners. <laughs> Every so we got cameras, lights, um, uh, a new monitor, you know, a new hard drive. Those all came from Texas. people in Texas. Every time I ask, I Gabe, love you guys. Gabe, Gabe says, "Hey, we got a listener. Give us something." And I say, "Where'd it come from?" He says, "From from my buddy in Texas." Yeah, always. Yes. So. Um, and you're in Texas, you're I'm automatically fr- a buddy of I'm Gabe. I'm friends with all my Texans. <laughs> yeah, all the Texans are his buddies. A buddy in Texas. So yeah. basically what this is, is it's, it's sort of a, it's a dare to all the other states and countries. Help us yeah, out. That's right. Like, yep. you know, Texas, Texas beat you? is winning. You know, come on, Canada. Winning. Yeah. You know, come on, New Jersey. Texas is going to make America great again. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll they pl- did give us Bush. <laughs> He was, he was, him and Abe Lincoln were the worst presidents we ever had. I said it. I said it. Oh, wow. Didn't he come from Texas? Uh, He did. He did. I can explain that some other show. You can apologize for Texas then? I I, I should on that one. (laughs) George Bush, our fault, my fault. Yes, that's right. So speaking of, so we got, we got Dave Bonson coming on the show. His dad is, uh, was tutored under Van Til, right? Um, Yeah. uh, And, and kind of the, the presuppositional uh, you know, father, godfather, uh, godfather, right? Okay, yeah. and and I'm I'm glad to, I'm I'm kind of excited that Democrats are starting to talk a little priest up now that Trump's in office. What is this doing? Yeah, it's just, oh. it's our friend. Okay, and so I got a video of that on play, you guys, where the Democrats are are kind of getting a little priest up on. They're us. getting presuppositional. They're getting a priest up They're on. All us. Fantillion? Here we go. We are on the moral side of history. If a president can say, "Hey, I could do anything I want to do." then you're throwing the Constitution out the window. That is what is at stake right now. There is no bystanders. You are either complicit in the evil, you are either contributing to the wrong, or you are fighting against it. Okay. Antithesis. Yes. Antithesis. Evil. Complicit in evil. Yeah. Throwing the Constitution out the window. We're on the moral side of history. We are on the moral side... Where? These are Democrats. How's that being? These are up? all Democrats. Because where'd they get that standard? Exactly. But they're not being precept. I thought you said they were being precept. Well, I'm. They're just having. I'm fake riffing. Sta- I'm nothing riffing. new has happened, people. I'm riffing. It's just Democrats having <laughs> fake standards like they always do. Yeah. And then and then Maxine Waters. Uh, this I don't know if you guys heard about this, but Maxine Waters at her church back in California. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa time out. Did you say Maxine Waters in yeah, church? Yeah, in California. Yeah, in California. Church, California. Yep. Something's on fire right now. <laughs> she, she said she's on a divine mission to go back to D.C. and fight Trump. A divine, a mission? divine mission to go back. So all this she's like, on like, a mission trip <laughs> to D.C. That's right, that's right. That's right. The question is, yeah. which divine is she talking about? Yeah, which which God? God well, well, she was in a Christian church. I mean, yeah, oh, you know, that's. That's really a revelation. Really encouraging. A re- <laughs> yeah. yeah, one of the seven right. churches so, of revelation. So you, when you hear people talking about evil, mm-hmm. moral issues, yeah. st- you know all this stuff. Evil. You're with us, or you're against us. You're perpetrating yeah. evil, or mm-hmm. you're fighting it. Okay, that, what Gabe's trying to say in his Texan <laughs> way is that <laughs> you, where where'd you get that standard? Exactly. Says who? Where'd you yep. get that? By what standard? Right. Yep. Um, yeah. And and so. And, and you can't start throwing loaded words around like moral That's and right. evil and good and fighting for truth or all these kind of things. You can't do that without a standard. Yeah. And so you yeah. need to ask them, what, what standard? Yeah. What's yeah. the standard? One of them appealed to a standard of constitution, yep. which was kind of helpful. Well, Bernie did. Bernie. That socialist. Was Bernie? <laughs> Democrat, socialist. <laughs> Bernie. Leave it to him. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, so we just throw it out. But here's the, you have. But here's the deal. Yeah. People who hate God want standards just so long as it helps them get what they want. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. They don't actually want a standard. They just want to use a standard as a lever. That's right. They want to use it as a something to whack you with. Because there's no neutrality. Everybody everybody has a standard. And ultimately, so the Democratic Party is leading the sexual revolution. Right. Right? With LGBT. Transgender right. P um, P somewhere some, well, P, well, somewhere in there well, LGBT and, well, and, but P. we but we can't we can't I uh, conservatives we got revoice we got some stuff going no, on so I disagree I think Bonson does too he he even points to I mean yeah, yeah. the fact in his book that yeah. a lot of what we're seeing is actually the lack of faithfulness from the people who know right. better but well right. here's here's what I'm that's, getting at that's the fruit of is is of, the public. Uh, um, uh, voice, the public uh, dialogue, the public language is being largely driven from the left. So I agree with you. I don't know. Have I mean, look at the view. They got a conservative talking female on there. Is she? Against, and a lot of I, I, here's I, the is deal. she pro life? A lot you know? of the. I mean, cons- uh, but here's the deal. Yeah. So we don't just say where's your standard. We we want to say there is a standard. The, the standard is, is the yeah, word of God. Right. Yeah, that's good. God created the heavens and the earth. He made us male and female. He sent His Son Jesus to die for our sins, to rise from the dead, to make all things new. Yeah. That's the standard. He's the Maker. He's the Lord. He has the right to speak the truth, and everything bows to Him. Yeah, yeah, but that a- means, and I think this is what you're getting at, is that we can't just lob rocks at people who are inconsistent when you right. are. Are not uh, loving your wife. That's well. That's, yeah. that's right. When you're that's not, what, that's what is you're not that's teaching right. your children. To, and you're not. You're not having children. Why are you not having kids? What's wrong yeah. with you, you people? Gotta get married first. Gotta get married first. Have yeah, kids. Why are you yeah. not? It's implied. Go get a wife. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Right. Uh, yeah. Mr. Jim, uh, Pastor Jim Wilson always used to say, you know, find out her name and ask her. Yeah. yeah. Right? right. Take responsibility, you slob. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's right. Right. That's right. This is just. This yeah. is like you know Jordan Peterson is just you know. Yeah. Like hey, make your bed. Yeah. yeah. Get right? up in the morning. Imagine get up by that. seven o'clock. You know, be self-disciplined. Take <laughs> yeah. responsibility, and you do this beginning by confessing your own sins because yeah. you don't meet the standard. Well, and also remember the Democratic Party has adopted the platform of pro-choice. They've adopted right. the platform for the LGBT, pro-sodomy, and all that stuff. And they've basically—I don't know how much transgendered had has yet been adopted by them, but oh, they're adopting there. them. There. There. Yeah, it's there. There. It's there. Um, but there's a, a man, and uh, I'm actually going to bring a Canada Canada article in, but I'll bring this back to the U.S. too. Does he self-identify? There as was a man, man in Alberta um, that legally changed his sex for cheaper car insurance. So they charge men more for yeah. your car insurance because we're we which drive is, more. Which we, is, which is um, you know, sexual profi- profiling. <laughs> so, yeah, sexual Just because profiling. I'm a man, you think I want to go faster? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You're harder on the car. You race, whatever. You got the yeah. macho car, whatever. And so he changed it, and yeah. then he posted on Reddit, Reddit, ugh, Reddit, um, <laughs> the, his birth certificate change He's and everything, Texas. so he could get um, uh, cheaper, cheaper car insurance, and he, and, got he it. and he got it, and he got it. <laughs> Yeah, he's self-identified as a yeah, woman for this that. This is babble. Cracks me up. This is this insanity. Is, this is hard for me because there's a part of me that's like, we need to be running the reductio. Yeah, like we need to be running it. That's what he did. Right. I, that's, exactly that's exactly what he, what he did. did. That's the but, it, yeah. but here's the problem: it bothers me when they start swallowing it. Uh huh. Because what because, do you do? What do you do after that? Well, because, because now they they saying they're actually saying I'm ready to live in the kind of world that I'm peppered that I'm. Per, uh, that I'm portraying. I actually am ready to live in that world. Right. And the people who are running the reductio are it, saying, we're not ready really to live in that world. Right. And if you're willing to swallow it, that's what scares me is that they're right. actually willing to swallow yeah. the yeah. reductio so right got, now. I got a reductio that they didn't swallow yet. Okay. So, so you know, Planet Fitness, um, they yeah. have, um, in the last couple of years, there's judgment-free zone, that whole thing. Judgment-free zone. Yeah. And, and so men are allowed to use the women's um, locker room what? Uh, at Planet Fitness. I thought it was Judgment Free Zone was just like you don't grunt and scream no. while you're there because I actually kind of yeah. got the belt. Have you so, seen the little thing that goes off? 
I got that. I was, and they were, I'm like, what happened to the judgment? <laughs> I thought we weren't supposed to judge. So I turned wait, wait. the light off. So explain this to me. So, okay. I, 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 all right. I mean, right, I've right. been really good shape and everything. But, yeah, um, you look great for a pastor. But um, <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I, I so, don't know about Planet at Fitness. At Planet Fitness, they have a huge siren and light that goes off if you are passing judgment or acting like you're doing something super better than anybody else, right? So if you're lifting weights, so regular gyms, if you go to a regular gym, yeah. you hit the big guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're like, you know what, man? Can't nobody live 900 pounds. You know, yeah. why are you making us feel bad about ourselves? That's right. just judging us. So anytime they hear grunting or somebody super like exerting themselves, oh. there's an alarm that goes alarm off. Alarm that goes off. Because they're saying that that guy is judging other people He's, as not being so muscular <laughs> and athletic as that guy. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. Standards matter. So, so, if, if, so if a guy walks into a girl's locker room at Planet Fitness, does the alarm go off? No, I don't think so. Um, I, I believe. <laughs> what if he I, walks into there and says, <laughs> No. He does his own alarm. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Well, it's like, this is really hard. So uh, I believe, I believe Planet Fitness was this um, uh, like a month ago or two months ago. A guy went in to use the woman's bathroom or, or uh, at Planet Fitness and a woman complained about it. And I think she got her membership Stop removed. Stop judging, lady. Stop I think she judging. got her membership yeah. revoked. She got her membership yeah. revoked. She was judging. I, I, is her membership revoked or she got asked to leave? Whatever. Yeah. Um, but the, so there's this man in New Hampshire, judgment-free zone. He just decided to take all his clothes off, start working out on the floor with no clothes on. He got arrested. He got arrested. <laughs> so they aren't quite ready to swallow the the reductio right. yet. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're like, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. Yep. But, but they're assuming a yeah. standard of what judgment is, and right. they're assuming that when they go ahead and decide to put yeah. their little bell on, that they're not judging. Yeah, their yeah. standard is whatever they feel like. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. Whatever they feel yeah. like. But, yeah. but but again, though, what happens, what do you think about if you're pushing that reductio on them, and they're like, okay, we'll take it. Yeah. We'll give you a lower insurance rate because you decide to identify as a woman. Yeah. Right. It's like, so then do you find another reductio to keep pushing until they're like, okay, we don't want that. Mm-hmm. Right. They will. Or do you say, you know what, you just need to repent. I am not a woman. Yeah, I am. I am not a woman. God made me a man. You need to recognize that. Because yeah. uh, at that point, that someone, especially in presuppositional apologetics, when somebody starts to swallow yeah. their reductio, my job is to try and get it out of their mouth. Mm. Don't mm. you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. No, What's no, wrong don't with say you? that. Don't say you know, that. Yeah. Um, and and I want to try and rescue them and and say you know better than this. Yeah, yeah. I want to try but, and save them at that same point. Just to let them choke on it. Yeah, this is that place where you're in. The, you know, the proverbs where it says, you know, do not answer a fool according to his folly, right, right, lest you right. be like him. And then yeah. it immediately says, answer a fool according to his folly, unless yeah. he be lest wise. he be wise in yeah. his own eyes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think biblical wisdom calls us to do both. Honestly, yeah. there's going to be some places where we say, absolutely not. I know you would let me do this, but this is wicked, this is ridiculous. wicked and ridiculous yeah. and yeah. insane. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think there's going to be other places where where Christians, thoughtful Christians, need to take careful shots and say, okay, fine. You want to play this? Yeah. Let's play it. Yeah. Let's roll. You're going to lose. Um. Yeah. And and you know, swallow the reductio. So what are those areas that do we say? Okay, let's let's pick some grounds right now. Politics. Yeah. I mean, because we start playing with money, well, Smokey, I get a little nervous. Well, I don't know. Frankly, I don't know if this guy's a Christian who is doing the insurance thing, but you know, I doubt. I don't. I mean, I, doubt it. I have a hard time. Yeah. I mean, if I'm that guy's pastor, and he comes in and says, "Pastor, uh, you know, that's what I did," I, I'm be like. Uh, I'll, I'll share it on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, or, or do you be like, "Good job." Could you hook me up too? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because that's I mean that's the kind of thing. I mean, where they're just those companies are being stupid, well, it, yeah. and it's going to come back yeah. and bite them. Yeah. Um, I don't see that as being an immoral thing. For I think that's uh, you're just playing their game. Well, no, um, I don't think any of them is immoral. I don't yeah. think either way is immoral. Well, it's I just think like, a guy taking all his clothes off in the middle of Planet no, Fitness. I, I mean, I swallowing would, the reductio. I don't yeah, think letting right. him do but it. Is I, I mean, that is something Ezekiel might have done. 
He did eat. He, he, yeah. he might have done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's possible. But um, I'm going to pull that. You're not Ezekiel Carr. Yeah. And, and uh, I just want to say right now, I don't want neither one of my pastors butt naked <laughs> at a gym. Yeah. So, so one other article to tie into all this okay. is, um, oh, man. In uh, Cairo, Egypt, um, there was a, um, at the zoo, they painted a donkey to look like a zebra. <laughs> So they can have a zebra at the zoo. <laughs> so the donkey self identifies as a zebra now. And there's like there's That's a, oppression I have, I have right this there. picture. I have That's this picture of the donkey. So you have a picture of the donkey look, uh, looking like a zebra, all painted, nice yeah. white stripes. And then there's another picture of the uh, kind of smudgy because he must have got yeah. hot and a little warm. And and so one of his stripes smudged pretty good. Can I, we, I got a question. It, it, it's it's zebra appropriation is yeah, what see, that is. Seriously, I was gonna say, what's the difference <laughs> between that and blackface uh, actors? I'm sorry. Did you really? <laughs> do, 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 do. I, you mean white people dressing up as black? You know what I'm talking about? Back in the 20s and the 30s, you know they they do the blackface. Uh, one gets paid better than the other. What's the difference? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. The donkey gets paid better. <laughs> Probably so. No, I, I think but we need to serious. talk. I think we need to talk about like I get to self-identify, but you don't get to identify myself. There's a difference. Right. Like, I, but everything's got rules, right? Every, everybody's got rules, right? It's, but again, here's 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 again. They're swallowing the reductio. If I go somewhere now, it's like, listen, guys, that is not <laughs> a giraffe, yeah, right? Like, <laughs> right. That, that's yeah. a donkey. That's yeah. a donkey. I don't want you swallowing those reductio. That's oh, a striped ass. <laughs> I know what you did. <laughs> I see it. That's all I got for you guys. Oh man, that's, that's it. it. Was that that's fun? It. Was that fun? Oh, that was that was crazy. We, yeah, we need to. Uh, who do we got coming up? We need to get out of this crisis of responsibility, yes. um, left and right. And um, I'm really grateful to have David Bonson coming on here no, in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's got this book, Crisis of Responsibility. Um, I think he's absolutely right. We are quick, even on the right, I mean, the conservatives, Christians, we are far too quick to play the blame game. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. we're pointing at all this insanity, all this craziness, but here's the deal. you, We have been assigned this moment in history to be faithful to Jesus. Amen. Right? Yeah. And so, yeah, let's laugh at the folly and the insanity, and let's go home, yeah. love our wife, love our husband, raise up our children, and let's take responsibility for this mess yeah. uh, that we've inherited, and let's build something beautiful. David Bonson, when we come back on Cross Politics. How important is it to you um, to be involved in your child's education? How important is it to you to um, instill your values in your child? How important is it to you to be a part of something that's a little bit bigger than you? How important is it to you to have your child be a part of something that's just a little bit bigger than them? Everything that I wanted for my children's education, every question I asked, Classical Conversations was the answer. We are very grateful to have with us today on the line, David Bonson. He's a founder, managing partner, chief investment officer of the Bonson Group, a bi-coastal private wealth management boutique based in Newport Beach, California, <laughs> New York City. That's crazy. That's a, that's 
It sounds fancy. It's awesome. I'm trying not to yeah. fanboy out right now. It's, it's, I'm managing myself. I'm doing okay. It's huge. It's huge. huge. Um, it's huge. Managing over $1.3 in client assets. He's been named as one of Barron's America's top 1,200 advisors, as well as Forbes' top 250 advisors and Financial Times' top 300 advisors wow. in America. Wow. He's like the top of everything. We need to have a private conversation when we get done with the show. He we all- need to help have you help us manage some money. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, David also serves on the board of directors for the National Review Institute. Is vice president of the Lincoln Club of Orange County. He's also founding trustee for Pacifica Christian High School of Orange County. He's a disciple of Milton Friedman, a lover of Ronald Reagan. Yeah, uh, I almost said Ronald McDonald. I don't oh, know why, no. uh, the wrong guy. Um, his heroes include his late father, Dr. Greg Bonson. My hero yes. too. One Look of our that. heroes, Dianame. Larry Kudlow. He proudly claims heavy ideological influence from John Calvin, Abraham Kuyper, F. A. Hayek, Winston Churchill, C. S. Lewis, William Buckley. My gracious, um, I, was, I was then after Bonson. I think we could uh, we can be friends. Um, wow. He's married uh, for sixteen plus years. They oh. have three children. Are they baptized? Thief. <laughs> they are indeed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> amen, amen. <laughs> uh, David, it's so great to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. We are uh, really grateful to talk to you specifically about your new book, Crisis of Responsibility. Um, audience, if you haven't yet, um, you should check it out. Pull it up on Amazon. You can also find out more on davidbonson.com. Com, which is where I am right now, reading all <laughs> about this guy. Um, so, David, um, I really thank thank you for your book. I really want to appreciate uh, thank you for it and appreciate your work on it. Um, you open up by um, kind of going uh, both barrels blazing. Um, you know, I I thought the problem with America was all the liberals <laughs> and um, the fascists and the the communists. It is and, It is and big government. <laughs> Intrusion and um, and Hillary Clinton. It was Hillary. Yeah, and, and then you came at me. Um, so so what? What's this scapegoatism thing that you're talking about? Well, the point the point of the book, as it pertains to where I think scapegoatism and blame casting is, is unique, uh, is on, on the right is that um, we've kind of, in my opinion, dealt with it with the left, uh, speaking in a sort of political context, for a long, long time. I think identity politics is nothing new, um, whereas the point that I'm getting in the book is that the right now, I believe, has become just as guilty, that there is a, a sense in which uh, people on either side of the political aisle, just across the culture at large, are on a rampant uh, endeavor to find someone to blame for that which they are dissatisfied with, either in society at large or more frequently in their life, in their own individual personal life. Mm-hmm. And so the narrative, when you say, um, you know, I thought the, the liberals are to blame for all my problems, and we joke about that, but, you know, here, the, the, I guess the, the narrative that I think is very baked into a sort of conservative mantra is that essentially the American DNA, there's just a significant amount of people across the country that are kind of blue-collar, hardworking, good old American folks, and that the thing holding them down, they want so badly to just provide for their families, hang out with their kids, live good moral lives, and yet the left and their humanism has this big attack 
on their uh, religious aspirations and the left and their economic liberalism, regulation taxes is holding them back uh, in terms of their their aspirations. So so did I just hear you argue that Trump is part of the moral right? <laughs> uh, no, you, you 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 didn't. But I'm going to get there, and I'm going to get there in a little different and a different way. So I, I get what you're saying. But let me uh, let me let me basically bundle it up by saying I don't believe that these. I do believe that the left's economic liberalism is contrary to economic prosperity. That it does serve to strangle those who are looking for better uh, opportunity. And I do believe that there is a significant culture war at play mm. in which a lot of the religious freedom and, and aspirations that many of us care for are under attack. Mm-hmm. But what I don't believe is that that is the explanation for what is plaguing so-called um, blue-collar America, working-class America. That that demographic that you've rightly kind of identified is largely thought of as sort of the Trumpian missing piece. Mm-hmm. I don't believe... I, I don't believe that that's actually um, the the case. That there is this. Uh, that what what I think is happening is that we are lacking uh, re- reality about the moral condition of responsibility within that demographic. Right. So you say in your book, I mean, it, you you bring up, um, uh, you you actually you quote from. Uh, oh, there's graphs in oh, there too. Oh, there's graphs. It's it's crazy. <laughs> um, but uh, Charles Murray's coming apart. And uh, this give this great line. You say that that this story is you're summarizing Charles Murray's work. Rather than being the result of globalization or other contemporary challenges, fill in all the things that you just talked about: the left's whatever um, financial theories, etc., uh, administrative overreach. Rather than being the result of globalization and other contemporary challenges, the unraveling of virtue within the working class is actually the root cause of our inability to properly respond. Can you unpack that? What do you mean by that? I, I think that what, what Murray was actually doing is is kind of difficult to argue with because he, he's a sociologist, MIT, Harvard, giving raw empirical data. And if somebody wants to read the raw empirical data of what's happened to white male America in the last 40 years and conclude something different than I did, then they're welcome to, but they're going to make a fool of themselves. Because the data, <laughs> the, the data is literally overwhelming. That what we have seen since, and Murray traces it back, and I think he's pretty much accurate here, to the genesis of the sexual revolution and that, that period in the 1960s um, uh, that I, and I think it took about a generation, but now you see d- divorce rates. You see men, able-bodied men, living at home into their thirties. You see men who get women pregnant who do not marry them. You see um, perpetual singlehood. You see uh, single mothers. Um, now, look, I'm not talking about each and every case where there could be unfortunate circumstances sure. and a lot of you know. Yeah. Tra- tra- I'm, but, but that's the whole beauty of statistics is it's capturing uh, more than just the outliers and what you're getting in the data is a complete and I mean I mean tragic meltdown of the moral fabric of the uh, country and then what Murray did to avoid accusations of race bias and and I think this was very scientifically uh, 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 smart of him, he excluded brown and black America from the data to just purely isolate 
And so there is this sort That's of racist. cultural. <laughs> well, and so and so in doing in doing so, it, it is able to completely isolate and and avoid the accusation of racism. Right, right. And what what you get is, uh, in my opinion, the real story behind what plagues the, the, these aspects of America, that indeed. Um, there have been some elements that are on the margins have been affected by free trade, some elements on the margin impacted by uh, greater technological advances, greater automation in the labor force, um, and yet systemically what you see is rampant irresponsibility. And, and so the narrative that J.D. Vance played out in, in his book Hillbilly Elegy and, and a book that I think was perhaps one of the most amazing, just beautiful pieces of autobiography written in the last 20 years. Sure. He, he, to he told the story um, that, that from his own life and experience that the data itself in uh, Murray book was telling. All I'm trying to do is draw the necessary conclusions out of it. The thing that I think it was really helpful uh, pointing it out, though, it, it, the way you have is that um, it, here's another quote from page 79 in your book. It, it, it says, um, inadequate self-government begins the vicious cycle of creating the need for a more intrusive magistrate. Ooh. leading to a more dependent people, right. leading to still greater government, leading to even less self-government, and resulting in even greater state expansion. Um, I, I think that was one of the more helpful really summary good. statements yeah. of your book. Um, unpack that for somebody who hasn't read your book yet. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, a, a thesis that I believe is carried out through, through, carried throughout history that the Founding Fathers deeply believed in, that inverse relationship between the size of the civil magistrate and and uh, self-government, the greater the self-government, the smaller the civil magistrate, and then fortunately we live in a period of vice versa. And, and that uh, vicious cycle plays itself out, where right now, uh, lack of self-government, and I include, by the way, in that expression, in that concept, the lack of mediating institutions, the decline of the church, the decline of family, the decline of civic organizations, the decline of local small business, the decline of what Catholics would call subsidiarity, what politicos would call federalism, and and what regular people would just call real life. Yeah. The the at a, at a real at a real life level, these things have broken down in such a way that it has led to the need to um, see greater federal government and civil magistrate take over. You know, seemed, go ahead, Knox. I was just, you know, David, I thought we would have a different conversation. I don't even know why we want to talk about me like this. Um, <laughs> you know, it's easy and it's fun to point out the hypocrisy of other people, but it seems like what you're saying, from what I'm getting from what you're saying, is that the hypocrisies that we seem to point out on the left are exactly some of the same hypocrisies that we have right here on the right as well. Yeah, that, that I, I think that, that is true, and I and I think that um, the the second tier to it is the people who made themselves not be living necessarily hypocritically, their inability to to call a spade a spade, and and I'm very critical in the book of non-judgmentalism. I'm pleading <laughs> for people to increase their judgmentalism. <laughs> That's good. That's that good. is. And 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 I I did steal this line from Charles Murray, but. 
Uh, he talks about the problem with affluent, successful, productive America is that they refuse to preach what they practice. Ouch. They know the formula. Huh. The formula is to get get married, get educated, work a oh, job, wow. be That's innovative, so yeah. have kids, stay married. Wow. That has those and, kids. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but then but then what they but then what they do is they act as if they can say that none of those things have anything to do with why their lives are doing well. Uh, and they claim they claim to believe in in this sort of moral relativism right. and, and a kind of social uh, family structure that is almost anarchistic and certainly devoid uh, of any um, foundational law and morality. But in reality, they're living that way. And so what I do in the book and in a lot of the lectures I've given around the country is I point out how non-political this is. You yeah, really can't right. find a city much more liberal than Midtown Manhattan, where I live half the year, and it's hard to find a town more conservative than, let's say, Scottsdale, Arizona, or even Newport Beach, California, and yet all of these cities are very affluent. But what do they have in common? What does Midtown Manhattan and Newport Beach, California have in common culturally? Well, I'll tell you what, it is totally unacceptable for a male to be living on his mom's basement in his mom's mm. basement at 37, 37 years old playing video games all day. Wow. Um, that, that, that is why there is such tremendous material prosperity in liberal affluent cities and conservative affluent cities. It's because that group of the sociology structure has chosen to live in a way that produces very positive results. Now, but they need is, to start say they need to say so. Yeah. But this is you know, politically um a hard, you know, um speech to kind of get to take nationally, right? Because the, what the what the government is doing, the government is saying that hey, you vote for us, we will free you. We'll give you more freedom. We'll save you. Both both Republicans and Democrats argue a variation of that. And and we all know that they're trying to save us by giving us more regulation or, or taxing us right. more or whatever. Yeah, so I think throughout history, the uh, messianic view of the civil magistrate is one that um, comes from a uh, uh, poorly self-governed people. And, and I freely admit that there's a vicious cycle at play, and that negative feedback loop is such the government's not an innocent actor here. But the government is responding they're, they're to the uh, poor self-government, and I can't I can't emphasize enough that hollowed out middle in society. Mm. So there's so many that would call themselves conservatives, maybe in a more secular sense, in a more Randian sense. They talk about this high view of individual, and I think nothing is going to create more statism than that. Yeah, because the rugged individualism is nonsense. It doesn't work <laughs> without. Thick, without without thick structures in society, and and so Covenants. to me, I, I well, I I think that's exactly right. I I approach my engagement with civil society in a concept that is in in a theological sense highly covenantal. Yeah. Um. But but I think that even those who lack the, a sort of reformed understanding of of covenantal structures still have traditionally understood and benefited from the notion of mediating institutions yeah. in the society. So give uh, give young men, young fathers, young husbands, uh, young men that are in our audience, give them a brief charge, David, as we, as we finish this segment out. Um, how can they take responsibility? How can they be part of the solution? 
Well, uh, what I do in the book is use the second to last chapter, chapter 11, to present uh, 10 ideas to people in their own personal life of how I think they can best escape from the crisis of responsibility. And then I use the closing chapter to talk about kind of more top-down on a macro level the great ideas that stem uh, culturally that I think uh, policy prescriptions that are needed in this particular moment. And on an individual basis, um, rather than go through all 10, there's two things I'll highlight real quick. First and foremost, just personally speaking, victimhood and a sort of psychology of defeatism is perhaps the most dangerous and corrosive thing in our lives. <laughs> and, and, I, and I say that even if someone really has been a victim, yeah. even if they mm. truly have actually been That's hurt. Good. That's good. It, it, just, it just so happens that most of the time, uh, I, think, I think people's perception of the damage that's been done to them is probably somewhat flawed. But for the sake of argument, let's assume that everything they believe is totally accurate, that sure. they really have been that mistreated. I still believe that the need of the hour is to at some point when the when the strength and the faith and the conviction is there to get up look in the mirror put your chin up and get on with your life mm. and and holding on to a spirit of of victimhood will in fact make sure that you stay a victim forever huh. but the second piece is this concept of beginning to view the joy and calling and telos of your life out of being a producer not a consumer Ooh. And I believe that I believe there's profound economic uh, benefit in that. I think that there is an entire economic heresy called Keynesianism that is stem stemmed out of the idea that the be all and end all of life is consumption. Yep. And I make a very basic economic point that I can't consume unless I first produce, and I also can't consume unless someone else first produces. Yep. Yep. They got to they got to make something for me to consume, and I got to produce so I have the money to buy what they produce. Yep. So you get a a virtuous cycle of production leading to consumption and feeding my creation mandate to to uh, fill the earth, to, to, to subdue it, to uh, live in a sort of uh, communal sense the way God intended for us to, yeah. and that, that dignity that he made us with as image bearers of him uh, requires us to be productive people, not merely consuming people. That's really good, and, yeah. and I was, I'm, I'm glad you brought it in there because that's where I was going to take it. But you know, it seems like both those points, you, you could summarize. I mean, that's what the gospel is meant to do. In Jesus, we find the only truly, you know, fully innocent victim. Yeah. Um, in Him, all victims, even all perpetrators, they find, um, they find mercy, they find salvation, they find um, in His grace their dignity given back to them. Mm. And not only is it given back to them, um, but they're raised up to be productive, fruitful yeah. people in this world. So, uh, again, want to thank you for your work, David. Really appreciate um, your book, Crisis of Responsibility. Go grab it. Yes. Be edified. Share it. David, thank you so much for joining us on Cross Politic. Thank you, David. Man, we hey, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. We were just getting started. <laughs> we don't have time. All right, more Cross Politic when we come back. We got to get him back on again. Well, Cross Politic has a new sponsor. Who, you might be asking? Decree Design. Decree Design is a graphic design and web development company that serves your business by helping you speak clearly through visual representation. Serving 90-plus businesses in logo design, print design, brand strategy, web development, 
and more. Decree Design has a skill and personal touch to customize a package specifically catered to your needs of your business, great or small, and provide personal assistance every step of the way. Whether you're a well-established real estate broker or entrepreneur getting your business off the ground, Decree Design will help your company's visual presence speak clarity and truth. For more information, please visit decreedesign.co or schedule a consultation with Joe at decreedesign.com. Yeah, Joe at decreedesign.com. Hey, and tell them Cross Politics sent you. I talked to David Bonson. Yeah, right. And and one time he talked to Greg Bonson. And Greg Bonson talked to Van hey. Chill. I know all of them now. Yeah, right? How many degrees of separation? I'm super cool. Yeah. Hey, welcome back to Cross Politics, y'all, on Faithwire. It's coming at you live. That's right. Or maybe we're coming at you in the podcast in your car. Thank you for listening, tuning uh, in. Maybe you're getting ready for dinner. Maybe you're on your, your morning jog. Ooh. Um, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe you're drinking some scotch. Maybe you're just sitting on the back porch with a nice mm. nice cigar with and the a family. little scotch. Maybe yes. you're uh, doing uh, family devotions. Cross politics. <laughs> we're sorry for the news stop segment. It. If that's the case, we're sorry. You stop it right now. Oh. <laughs> hey, so I just remind you that uh, we appreciate it when you like, when you share, when you tag your friends, when you Absolutely. tag your enemies, and when you, when you become a club member, and when you oh become my gosh, a club member. Um, and uh, again, there's that there's that special challenge out there to all the other states besides Texas to uh, you know come on in and uh, Amazon wish list. See see what you can do on the Amazon wish list. Hey, um, so David Bonson, I just wanted to. I thought where we we'd uh, we'd we'd finish this show out is I thought his uh, he's actually got ten things you can do. This is this is close to his last chapter. Response the yeah. responsibility remedy, and he he summarized this for us in our conversation with him. But um, he only got to do like two of them. Really, yeah, he kind of just summarized <laughs> them. But I, I thought it'd be helpful just to walk through them and and just talk through them a bit. Yeah, let's and, and let, let's let's think about this. Let's let's push it into the corners. Can we just summarize it to like read your Bible and pray? Uh, I mean that's good. I mean, I mean actually, that was my that's starting, the starting point. Actually, you know, that's the starting you can do a lot worse. But I mean, because I, I think one of the problems is we just have we have we have millions of Christians who don't even read their Bibles. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Read right. your Bible. Read your Bible. Bible. Faithful yeah. little, faithful right. much. Yeah. yeah. So number one, he says, thoroughly repudiate defeatism and victimhood in your own life. Oh, that's even mm. when you've actually been victimized. Mm. Oh, I think this is really good. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, seriously, we live in a victim culture. Yeah. And and where if you can claim victimhood yeah, in yeah. some, then you have the, the offer of victimhood is the mm. offer of power. Yeah. Uh, the offer of uh, priestly status. Yeah. yeah. And this is what the whole like minority thing is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you can claim that you're marginalized, that you've been victimized in some way, even microaggressions, right? Yeah. That whole idea. Like I'm experiencing right now. Right. Because, you know. Stop looking at him that way. Come on, Toby. Well, I think the the other part, the other part of the this victimhood, and we often apply this to like to the to this um, you know Me Too movement or um, more on the sexual side of things. But it's like it's for men. Um, one of the things that we can do is we can we can play the victim at work. Oh yeah, where we feel like that was unfair what my boss did, or I got unfairly fired, yeah, or whatever. I got, I got overlooked and, for and, the hire. And we, exactly, and we turn that victimhood into envy. 
Oh yeah, and and right, and then we start. It goes, we start. It, it goes all it over goes the place. It goes in all kinds of directions. Bitter, yeah. Bitterness, that's right. Right. absolutely. Yeah. Bitterness, resentment. Yeah, that's right. uh, you make excuses. That yeah. should have been me. It should have been me. Yeah. I should have been further right. ahead, and so on. And right. what you need to, you need. To, I think he's exactly right. If you're a Christian, um, you do not find your identity in victimhood. Yeah, because it, right. it doesn't matter if you're even right. I don't know. Yeah. Even it, if you it, were, a victim. it doesn't matter if you were right. Yeah. That's right. the thing about it. I remember my mom um, used to say, you know. I used, get in trouble with my brother or sister yep. and I'd be saying mom but they did but what mm-hmm. did you do mm-hmm. what is your responsibility how do you have to answer right. to God for your attitude you know and that's like that's exactly what it's, I don't get a chance to blame or push off to right. anybody else why I didn't obey God right. what he told me to do you to, know to claim an identity as a victim is to basically is to try to find power and personhood in, in your, evil in, in yeah, evil but, but also in it, it's a it's actually um Incapacitating. It's incapacitating. Did you pull that up? Did you pull that up right now, or is that on? No, no, no. No, because I saw you kind of like do this. I was like, wow, he's amazing. He's all prepped up. I I mean, I am amazing, but (laughs) but super humble too. Incapacitating. You you can't do anything. It's trying to find power and not being able to do anything. Yeah. Um. In in sort of powerlessness. And the reason for why you can't do anything. I can't do anything because they did this to me. I would like to be successful. I'd like to be a good husband. I'd like to be a good father. I'd like to be a good mother. But my mom mistreated me. My dad mistreated me. I I grew up in poverty. I didn't get a good job. I didn't get the raise. I didn't get the Promotion. My education is weak. Whatever, yeah, whatever right? Yeah. Wait, but but no, 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 no. Think this is the good news of the gospel. God comes and says, "No, actually, you've sinned. Yeah, that's right. Um, you've contributed to your mess, to your problems. You've made them worse. But what God does, I've, I've, I think I've said this before, but the dignity of guilt." Mm-hmm. The dignity of guilt. God mm-hmm. dignifies sinners, not with identifying them as victims, but actually as identifying them as perpetrators. That's right. You, mm-hmm. you are an agent. Yeah. You have acted in this world. You yeah. have power because you're created in the image of God and you've used it for evil. Yep. Yeah. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's the dignity of guilt. Yep. And the gospel comes and says, and Jesus will stand in your place, taking the death that you deserve, the curse that you deserve, and you can go free and use your agency, use your power for good. So think <laughs> of your circumstances as your assignment from God. Now. In this show right now. I see where this is going. In this show. Well, no. thank you for joining Cross Politics. No. It's Until your next assignment. week. It's your I, assignment. I stopped listening you're, to Toby when he said you're, that. You're, <laughs> your difficult marriage, your oh. difficult job situation, your difficult oh. children, your difficult father, your mother, um, your grandfather, your grandmother, Your those difficulties Damn. are your assignment from yeah, God. That's good. And he doesn't give us what we can't handle. Mm. Yeah. He promises to give us the grace we need mm. for everything he assigns to us. Man, Toby, so don't be a good. victim. I just, yeah. I just have a feeling right really now. Good. I just want to give you guys a warning. The way this is going, I can feel the praise break coming. <laughs> I can feel Now, you're going to wonder what a praise break is, but I'm pretty sure coming down the show, if this keeps is going this like, way. Do you mean praise you, me you, you, or you, praise you, mine? You want to know what a praise break <laughs> is? Man. And then when the price break is really okay, we'll save that part. Number for later. two, Woo, number two, completely rethink your perspective on higher education for yourself or your children. Amen. We've talked about that. Um, re- related, prepare your children for economic self-reliance. That's number three. Um, completely rethink it. Here's the deal: uh, for too long, Christians have bought the lies, just the lines, the 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 propaganda of the higher education machine. Yeah. Right? What do they want? They want your kids. Why do they want your kids? Because they want to, them to serve the state. 
Yeah. And so they they've got a a programming machine called university college, right? And this is where we think, well, you have to go to college yep. to make it in life. You have to go to college to, to succeed, get a job. to be get a job. And dude, who is telling us this? Well, sometimes but, it's Christians. Yeah. But it's yeah. you know, unfortunately, but it's politicians and it's people who who do not value what we value. Right? We're Christians, and so we go to the Bible, and the Bible says, um, teach your children to love the Lord your God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. Right. Put it on put it on your doorposts. Yeah. Uh, talk about it on the way, when you rise up, when you sit down. Yeah. Um, uh, fathers, train up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Right. Um, the culture of God. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, do some children need to go to college? Yes. Depending on what kind of college, yeah. um, but here's the thing: um, think about what you're doing. Do not just assume that the message you've been fed yeah. is true. Yeah, right. Why? Why do so many Christian kids go off to university and leave the faith? Yeah, right. Yeah. Because they are discipleship programs for agnostic yeah. secularism. Yeah. yeah, that's what they are. Yeah, for the most part. Now, can yeah. Christians go through and thrive? Yes, they can. Yeah. Um, but you, we need to think through what we're doing. Um, why would you want to, you know, send your kids off to a place where they can? Uh, I, I was reading a book. What was the book called that we read um, about the higher education problem? Edu- re- Fail you. Fail, Fail you. you. Yeah. I was reading in there, and it's talking about all these like multi-billion-dollar perks. Yep. You know, these universities. Yeah, oh, yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. reading through. Welfare for the rich. Welfare for the rich. And um, and like we're talking about like gymnasiums and yeah. and, and jacuzzis. And you know, so- Lu- uh, Louisiana, Louisiana State University, LSU, they built a lazy river in the shape of L-S-U. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Why does education <laughs> cost of so much? Yeah. Why are we have the, well, stop spending money to create universities that are basically like, you know, pleasure cruises. But yeah. I want the experience. Right. But I was reading it and. And I came across a section that said, uh, you know, the biggest jacuzzi in the Western United States is at WSU. And I've been in that jacuzzi. Wow. Must be nice. (laughs) (laughs) It's the size of a pool. It's the size of a pool, right? Um, But why would you want to go and indebt yourself for the rest of your life? What does it have to do with tea in Texas on a Tuesday? Well, well, and also related to this, I mean, this is how we take dominion, is we become the disciplers. We become building the institutions. We're the ones starting universities. Take responsibility for your education and for the education of your children. We think education K through uh, 16. Stop stop sending your kids to fake Christian universities like Texas Christian University. No. Baylor. Oh man, he just hit. He's um, just saying I, names. I, oh, though. I'm just dropping. Oh. I'm dropping. Who oh. else you got? You know. Uh, <laughs> oh man, a lot. <laughs> All right. Consider reengaging the lost world of local politics. I like that one. Yeah. Consider. And he doesn't say you have to. All politics are local. But what about your city council? Yeah. What about your county commissioners? Mm. Yep. Have you thought about that? Um, yeah. One of the things we've done across politics is try to engage local politicians for That's this right. very reason. Yep. Idaho politicians. We're not, not because we think Idaho is the best state in the world. It is. But, um, but because we want you to think about what you can do in your state, your That's country, right. your, right. uh, your district, yep. your, uh, your community. Flee the cult of home ownership and home price appreciation in your thinking and mm. behavior about real estate. Do you understand, though? I dig. 
Do you understand? Oh, yeah. What's he saying? Well, I mean, right now, the only way that people put their whole um, lifestyles inside of house ownerships. Right. Right? And it's like, well, there's more way. You can actually save your money. There's more than one way of thinking about your retirement. More Don't play the game. Exactly. I mean, if if, if you are a real estate investor. Sure. And you have learned the trade. Yeah. And you know how to, you know, improve homes and flip them and so on. And you want to do it as a business venture. Fine. But. The run-of-the-mill American family is yeah. not called to that. No one ever assumes that maybe I can actually rent, save my money that I would spend on a mortgage and right. and do other things with it right. and be just as effective. Right. Do yeah. the math and figure yeah. out if the mortgage actually makes sense for you or, or not. think about land in a different way. I'm going to buy a plot of land that's in a corporate environment so I can make money off of that profit. Maybe I don't own a home, but I decide to make money that way. There's more than right. one way to play the game, right. and that's not get, the only way. Get educated that's right. on how to use your money wisely. Yeah. Um, Take Dominion. That's right. Um, be a producer. This is one of the things that he that was, was yeah, really like that. That was good. That was good. Um, yeah. What can you produce? Um, a great book. I might have mentioned this on here before, but I'm gonna I'm gonna shout it out again. C. R. Wiley has a book called Man of the House. Oh, I have heard you talk C. about that. C.R. Wiley, Man of the House. If you've not read it, get it. I've never read a book about Christian masculinity that spent so much time talking about how to use your money, why you should buy land, um, how to make um, your household productive. Mm. Um, it was it was amazing. I mean, so many Christian masculinity mm. books are so spiritual yeah, I know. That they're not very useful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of takeaway things, but you've got to do all kinds of mental math to apply them to, okay, so what do I do tomorrow? Like, yeah. what do I do on Thursday? Yeah. And C.R. Wiley, God bless him, I've never met him before, but um, did the hard work of actually trying to translate. And so he actually starts with concrete things that man, men have to do, mm-hmm. um, what it means to be a husband, what it means to be a father, what it means to run a household, yeah. um, what it means to provide. And then, and then he works his way actually almost somewhat backwards to the scriptural principles such that they actually make sense. You're like, oh, yeah. well then, yeah, that makes sense that why the the man is the head of the household because right. he's doing these things or yeah. why the wife submits to her husband because they're running this like household, you know, together. Yeah. And and um, anyways, great book. Um, Are you a number five? Um, I'm on six now. Num- oh, no. number six. Reject the social safety net when you can and choose the more challenging but fulfilling path of self-reliance. I like how gracious he says man. that. Yeah. I know. That's kind of that's really like, gracious. start your own business. Yeah. Reject the social. So he's, He's talking about welfare, social security. He's saying reject it as you can and choose the more challenging but fulfilling path. This is how um, the deacons in our churches have have tended to um, treat this. I mean, people come and, well, we have a deacons fund um, because we believe that, first of all, the family is to provide for their own. Uh, First Timothy 5 says, a man that does not provide for his own household is worse than an unbeliever. But then after that, the next safety net should actually be the church. Mm. We're to bear one another's burdens if if there's no family in in, in place. Mm. and so, um, but then as a not last, the, not re- the government. No, no, no. That's like last resort. Okay. I mean, I mean, if you're really, really, you know, slammed, I don't, I don't think it's a sin yeah. to take that. Um, but I think it certainly can be. Yeah, uh, it can be a sin if the man is not providing for his family, if the church is not providing for yeah. families under their care, and, and families even in their neighborhoods, in their communities. Deacons should be uh, on the front lines of ministering yep. provision for those who have not been provided for. And this goes right to the heart of what uh, Bonsa is talking about in this book yeah. is that he's saying big government grows mm. up when people don't take responsibility, responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, because right. all these needs and everybody looks at save your state. Yeah. Oh, state come and save us. This is and, what Republicans are and, doing right now too. And, and the state comes in to yeah. save them. They say, you want us to save you? Okay, we'll save you. Yeah. But if men worked hard with their hands so that they had extra to give to those in need, yeah. if, if pastors preached this, if deacons were on the front lines looking for these needs and providing for them, we would have 
we would have a shrinking state because we didn't need it. So we're at six. What else we got? Okay, here we go. Seven, find joy in production, not consumption. That was good. Mm. That was good. Find joy basically in working hard. Yeah, (laughs) work hard (laughs) to produce. That's right. And and this is a line particularly for men. Yeah. Okay? Women, you too. But men, you were made to produce. You were made to create, to make, to build. Right. And not just to produce invent. for yourself, but produce far more yeah. than what you can consume. Right. Way more You're than supposed you need. to provide for That's your family, right. your right. wife, your kids. Work your, hard you know. so that you have something yep. more to give. Yep. Number eight. Eight, view and treat family as the economic building block of society. View and treat family as the Come economic on. building block of society. We were talking about this a minute ago with the father mm. providing for his family, a man providing for his family. Yeah. But this is the economic building block of society. Yeah. I would, I would, I'll drill down on this. Marriage. Oh, yeah. Marriage yeah. is the economic building Absolutely. block of society. Absolutely. Okay. So explain that. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, an economy literally is a household. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. That, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. It's a household. And, and, and it's a way of, of doing business at the smallest level yeah. in a home. Um, Paul even talks about sexual immorality in terms of fraud. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons why you should flee sexual immorality with all that you have is because it's economic insanity. It's fraud. Economic fraud. It's yeah. economic yeah. fraud. Not yeah. only are you committing fraud against your spouse, yeah. but you're also throwing away your power. That's yeah. amazing. Um, yeah. Your house is getting sacked. Yep. Right. This is what Proverbs says. If you go to the strange Ooh. woman, you're, you're going to your yep. own death. Yep. You are throwing yep. away your strength. God made you strong in order to create, in order to build, in order yep. to protect, in order to provide. That's what men are for. So get married. Be faithful to your have wife. Have a bunch of kids. Have Go a bunch of kids. Your kids if you have children. Baptize them. Yep. Train them up and teach them to love Jesus while they are. Number nine, administer your own personal finances proactively. Administer your own personal finances proactively, defensively, opportunistically, and prudently. Mm. Um, mm. You are a lord and a lady of your pocketbook. That's right. Of your bank account. That's and right. remember, you say, well, I only have $10. He who is faithful and little be faithful over much. That's right. Okay? Begin with what you have, take it seriously, and turn a profit on what you got. If you got $10, come back with 15 and praise God for it. And lastly, number 10, be a generous, charitable giver. Be generous. Mm. Um, Freely, it has been given to you. So freely give. Yeah. Um, if we are people of grace, then we are people who live this grace out. Be hospitable. Share meals regularly with people in your church and also unbelievers around you and and don't expect the government to be giving for you yeah. so like that's what socialism right. does right? right that you we, right. i already paid my taxes I already paid my taxes yeah. or right. uh, this program takes care of this people in our city you, or whatever you want to put the yeah. government out of business yep. don't you yes we do we want a smaller okay. government right so, take care so, of your people so take responsibility yep. for that's your right. neighbors for your neighborhood for your street yep. for your community see the needs lean in and give and don't forget that you're showing hospitality when you have your husband and your kids at your table that's yeah, right. That's right. I, I mean, that, that, you're showing generosity and freedom when you do the dishes. Yep. That's right. When you take out the garbage, when you mow the lawn, yep. when you vacuum. So that means everybody in your family can and do this. You can be generous everybody. right now. You That's can be. Right. You can show gospel generosity by taking responsibility of the socks on the floor you in hear front that of you. Hear that seven-year-old? That's gospel. <laughs> That's gospel right there. <laughs> seven-year-old. But it's not my all socks. The, all the moms and dads are like, hey, uh-huh. Take responsibility. Take uh-huh. responsibility yeah. for that mess. Yep. Leave it better than you found it. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself go fight laugh and feast this is cross politics